and welcome to another very special edition of Witch Car Weekly. Of course, it goes without saying, they're all special, but you may notice the notable absence of our two uh, honourable attendees, Scott Newman and Andy Enright, are enjoying a sleep in. It is a very early morning in Melbourne, um, and I'm up at this ungodly hour because I've got a very special opportunity to speak to Mark Allen. If that name means anything to you, you're clearly a Jeep fan, head of Jeep design, um, he describes himself as head crayon at Jeep. Um, yes. To find out a little bit more about exactly what he means by that, and to just double check he's got the, his name right, because at the moment I'm looking at his name on the screen as T0175MA. Are you a fax machine, Mark? <laughs> yeah, I might be. Thank you so much for, for joining um, us on Witch Car Weekly. It's a real uh, pleasure to talk to you. Um, last time I spoke to you was in the US. It's nice to cross uh, mm -hmm. borders with the wonders of modern technology. Now I finally got it going. Um, yeah. Yes, it's great to meet you again. Just just give us a little bit of background. You've been with FCA and Chrysler and Jeep for a long time. How long is it now? Uh, I think this will be my 26th year there. And um, all of that time I've spent, uh, I wanted to be a car designer and I haven't touched one yet. I've been in either Jeep or, or uh, Ram truck my whole time there. So I've, I've gone back and forth. Jeep solidly for the last 10 or 11 years though. Wow, yeah. I mean, that's that's commitment, absolutely. I mean, you see a lot of designers, <laughs> they float around, they try a few different brands, um, but you are, you're, you're absolutely rusted on, as they say, and that is no testament to the build quality of a Jeep. Um, in your time then, you must have, you've got a lot done. You've been involved with obviously the iconic Wrangler and um, uh, all sorts. Uh, is there anything that you're, you're, stands out as you're most proud about, you know, the work that you will, you really hold as your finest moment? Uh, I would say certainly the, the latest iteration of Wrangler, the JL that we launched, uh, I think it's nearly two years now, and more importantly, probably the Gladiator truck. Finally getting that over the curb has been a, a long time goal for us to finally get uh, Jeep back in the truck business. That was a uh, program that was approved by uh, Sergio. Uh, was one of the last things he did, but that was, uh, uh, he saw the magic of Jeep and uh, the passion to bring a truck back into the uh, the fold. But uh, the, the Wrangler was really, for us, a culmination of thinking about it. They come in kind of 10-year cycles, and we'd thought about it long and hard for 10 years and experimented with a lot of uh, concept cars, things like that, and really uh, felt we were tuned in pretty hard with the customer there. So um, the, the Wrangler, is is a great moment for me personally it must be both a blessing and a curse to work on a car like that because of course you've got a such a strong fan base that really know what they want they want something that looks like a, a wrangler but at the same time you have to progress it and move on so how do you how do you juggle that balance and keep everyone happy um i don't know that we keep everybody happy and, and we don't even try um that's, uh, <laughs> that's uh, that sounds wrong but it's actually i i mean a wrangler is a, a pretty special car to us we call it the core of the brand it's really everything in jeep has a, a piece of wrangler in it and uh that vehicle has been uh, a st strong runner for us the um i get asked frequently was i intimidated by doing an iconic vehicle like that and i I guess I wasn't, uh, again, just because we had been thinking about it top of mind for so long. Um, we knew what we wanted to accomplish with it, and uh, more importantly, what we didn't want to accomplish with it, which was uh, make it too mainstream. It's a pretty special vehicle for us. Uh, I think we understand uh, the, the fan base pretty well on that vehicle. Um, the, one side of it, they want to, you know, there's the desire to make it uh, 
a bit more mainstream. I've always said Wrangler is great off-road. Uh, it's it's superior at that. It's harder to make it work day-to-day on-road, and that's really where the focus went into it. And you clearly succeeded there. I mean, it's of, of all the Jeeps I've driven, uh, Wranglers, certainly it's the best on-road. I, I understand that you also, you're a bit of a, a champion for its folding windscreen. I know there was some pushback in the company for, for deleting that famous and iconic feature, but you fought hard for it and, and you won, didn't you? You kept that feature for this generation. Yeah, uh, we kept it uh, mostly out of tradition and it, and it goes back to day one. It was a, a way to put them in a crate and it, uh, I fold the windscreen on my Jeep. Uh, I swear, you know, there's nothing mechanically different about the, the vehicle when you put it down but it drives different somehow. It's, 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 it's like the, um, what, what we'd done uh, previously though, is we'd made it very, very difficult to fold down. And we thought, well, you know, that's such a unique feature. No one does that probably for really good reasons, but we, uh, we, we kept it, we made it easier to do. And uh, it, it really, um, when I'm out in a uh, off-road situation, I see Wranglers, the new JL, and they've got the window down, I think, Great, that was awesome, we kept that. So um, I've actually seen sort of resurgence in people with, with older Jeeps uh, folding their windscreen down, so it's cool. Off-road, um, I get asked all the time, is it legal? And it absolutely is. Uh, it's no different than a motorcycle, you need to have eye protection, uh, but you, you can drive it around on the highway or on the, the road. I can do about 30 miles an hour in mine and beyond that you can't stand it. But it's a it's a it's a pretty cool unique feature, mostly for off road. You lose the glare and the filth and all that, and it's a, it's just more cheap, I guess. Um, speaking of traditions, obviously there are a lot of, particularly with the Wrangler, there are a number of style features and design cues. Um, the folding windscreen for one, the seven slot grille. There's there's tons of things on that car that really must stay as you say for it to be looking mm -hmm. like a proper wrangler but does that limit you in some ways when it comes to your job you sit down and put pen to paper and think there's so much you've got to include um is it particularly limiting and restrictive nope not at all it's uh it's more of guidance uh really when we talk about especially off-road uh traction uh, and uh, uh capability of, of the mechanicals is really important but also the the body geometry is hugely important breakover angle, uh, rear departure, sight lines, stuff like that. And really, when you when you think about it, Wrangler is, is perfectly suited to that. Um, and and the uh, for instance, the front wheel is is really far forward on a Wrangler. The, the, the front of the tire is kind of in line with the grill. Uh, pretty unique situation. That that equals having uh, the, the front of the fenders being very blunt or even the fenders reach forward of the grill on that vehicle. Um, but it is, if you study it, the front wheel is, is amazingly far forward. Um, but the, the overall, the look of the vehicles up to us, it's never gone out of production. It's been in production uh, since 1941 in, in various configurations. So for that reason, I don't think of it as being retro. It's just an iter iterative process. Uh, much like a 911 uh, Porsche or a, a Harley Davidson, they got to look. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about that, actually, because a lot of people do describe the look of particularly the Wrangler as retro. But as you say, it's never actually been out of production. So it's just kind of a continuous evolution of a design, isn't yes. it? Yeah. A, a good example of, of doing it uh, wrong would be the Mustang. The Mustang 
uh, had a, a great look and it went off the rails at some point when they brought the the Mustang look back to it. Uh, it's it's been hugely successful for them so much that they're they're copying that onto other vehicles. So I, I look at Wrangler kind of in that that view. It's certainly never put a foot wrong though. I mean that's it's the styling almost as much as the off-road ability that's resonated so well with customers for all its decades so so don't change that that's we know that much um uh, the one big change we made at some point was square headlights and i think we still get hate, hate mail over that so yeah. <laughs> <But> you know, <laughs> <be> careful <laughs> but you know for, for every 10 of those people who hate the square lights there'd also be one that love it and it's asking you to bring oh them yeah back. yeah yeah fanatics yeah which, is, which yeah. is exactly why you said before i'm never going to try and keep everyone happy right are there any while we're on that subject are there any features or vehicles you'd like to go back every because every time you look at them you think i oh, wish i'd just done that bit differently or is it a friend of mine once said to me when you're making videos you never finish it you only abandon it is it kind of the same yeah. car design that you just you just drop it at one point so is there anything you'd like to go back and re revisit well uh you're you're always on a uh, a treadmill of a time right you've you've got to you've got to finish it up and get it out and the, the time window shuts down I'll tell you why I have, I, as a young designer, I was the, the, uh, the lead designer on the, what became the 05 Grand Cherokee. And uh, although I, I like what we've done with that car, the round headlights on the front of the, the, that Grand Cherokee uh, was not my idea. It was something forced on us. And uh, there was a desire to get it kind of connected to the E-Class, I'm, I'm guessing from Daimler. But right. um, yeah. I, always thought, I always thought it was a, uh, uh, a hard mix of a square car with, with round lights like that. But. While we're on, I wouldn't be a, a proper motor journalist if I didn't ask you the odd tricky question. So here goes. Um, the Wrangler has got a bit of bad press lately for its crash performance. Um, how much is safety and design intrinsically linked? And how much of a responsibility does your team have when it comes to making cars safe? Well, I'll tell you what, um, when, we, when we're developing a car, uh, my job is really more the the design, the, the outward appearance of it. And we get and we get lots of input as we're building the car and we're moving things around uh, for uh, especially for what affects us the most is pedestrian uh, protection. Um, as far as what has been in the news uh, recently, it's got nothing to do really with with what we do personally for de the design, um, but it's. Uh, I can tell you that it, it starts day one uh, building that stuff in. So, right. Um, yeah, I, there's, there's nothing with uh, the recent events that has anything to do with the design of the body. Yeah. And, and that sort of follows on to, to the, the next question, which is, um, do your customers, sounds like a stupid question, but do your customers really care? And the reason I say that is, it, let's go back to the Mustang again as another good example. The Mustang received some pretty similarly bad press for, for in inverted commas, poor crash protection um, but, or, or poor safety um, standard. Mm -hmm. No, the reason it got that is because it was rear seat occupancy protection and also it didn't have features like lane departure warning and stuff like that. I'm like, mm -hmm. I would argue, and a lot of people and a lot of Mustang owners would argue, they don't care about that. That's not why you buy a Mustang. Is it, like you just said, the main focus for the Wrangler is is uh, pedestrian protection, not rollover. Well, everything's important when it comes to safety. And by the way, it's kind of a sliding rule. Um, every year it ramps up harder and harder on us, and it should. Um, 
it should be more and more difficult. But uh, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, old vehicles and my God, we're so far away from where we used to be. And then as we go into the future, every time we, we design a new vehicle, I've got, I've got things we're working on at work right now. And, and the rules change all the time and, and get harder and harder, but, it, but they should. I mean, cars now are, uh, are safer than they've ever been because, because of these interventions. Um, one, one thing that's actually helped us uh, greatly on, on Wrangler especially is electronic stability control. Without yeah. that, we wouldn't be um, able to lift them and put bigger tires, et cetera. Uh, it's made the car much more manageable on, on the day-to-day uh, routine. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? If you ever have a particularly self-righteous motor journalist talking about safety, all you have to do is just ask them if they ride a motorbike. And as soon as they say yes, then you can just tell them they don't, they don't care about safety at all, do they? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's in their own hands at that point, yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. um, but bikes have gotten really super good too, so yeah. True, 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 amazing. Let's, let's talk about the future then. Uh, as I say, we've gone from talking about, you know, the limitations and the things you have to include in a Jeep. Um, for tradition's sake, but if you if you had a clean sheet, what would you do? And is that something that is ever potentially on the table? You know, starting with a clean sheet design, maybe something that's that marks the advent of a new type of technology introduced. You know, something where you really need the car to look like nothing else before it. Hot topic, yeah. Uh, we talk about it all the time, and we've got ideas and plans uh, for the future well beyond what we have now. Um, we, we've talked recently a lot about uh, different powertrains, electrification, uh, and really what that brings for us. And I don't really view, view it as a compliance issue. I view it as uh, the opportunity to make what, what we do even better. When I talk, talk about uh, Jeep, our specialty is off-road capability, getting power to all four wheels and uh, having that kind of traction. I don't care where it comes from. Right now, it comes from a single uh, power source, i.e. an internal combustion engine, and then we distribute it to all four wheels. Electrification allows us to now, I think in the future, we'll be able to have each wheel have its own motor and thus control that vehicle even, even tighter than we do now. And the result would be a better Jeep, not just something that's compliant. I, I, I really think the future is bright with the electrification when you, when you talk about Jeep. Is that something we're working on actively? No, but it's uh, certainly on the dream board. And when it comes to that, that I see is inevitable um, turn of the corner, will you, mm-hmm. will you design the vehicle to, to look as significantly different uh, and as a much of a milestone as its powertrain? Or will it continue to, there's two very different approaches when it comes to electrified vehicles or any different powertrains. You either make them look t- totally different so everyone knows what's going on under the bonnet or in the hubs or whatever, or you try and make it look like nothing's happened so people kind of are more receptive to it. What approach do you reckon would be best for a Jeep? Uh, a, that it should look like a Jeep, and that's yeah. important to me. Uh, we've seen people do both things um, where you sort of, uh, wave the flag and celebrate. I'm driving an electric car over here or a hybrid or something like that. Or you you see uh, Tesla is really good at this. They just make a really nice looking vehicle that happens to be electric. Um, you can go either way on it. I you know We're a long way from doing that, but I would uh, ensure that it would be recognizable as something from our brand stable. Yeah. I can't wait to see what that looks like. We live in a very strange time where um, the world is 
or the automotive world is moving away from passenger vehicles to predominantly SUVs and one-ton utes, uh, utes as we call them here, pickups as you call them. Obviously that's not a problem for Jeep because you've always been a purveyor of SUVs, job done. Um, if the tables were turned and things were very different and everyone was going to cars, yep. what would a Jeep car look like? If you had to say, okay, the world wants passenger vehicles, wants sedans and coupes, what would yeah. a Jeep car look like? It would look capable. It would uh, advertise that it can, it can do what, what a Jeep does, um, go off the beaten path. I don't know that uh, that's ever gonna happen, but I, I know that if we, uh, and it's certainly come up on, on sketch days before, uh, doing a car, you know, back in the day. But uh, yeah, I, I think it would, it would advertise that it could uh, go off road very easily and handle that kind of a situation. Yeah, I agree. I think it's probably very unlikely anytime soon, but um, but nonetheless, unlikely to happen. Yeah, you could just send me that sketch signed, uh, and perhaps with I'll do that. That would be great. Thank you. I'd really appreciate okay. that. Um, something that's resonated really well with some recent models are the Easter eggs that you're starting to hide up in in Jeep models. So ah, yeah, that's something that I think is fantastic as well. Is that sort of quickly becoming a bit of a Jeep tradition? Um, I guess it, it sort of has been. It was never written down, you know, Mark, start doing some Easter eggs on these cars or you're fired kind of a thing. It's something that happened really organically and um, very small. What we do about that, too, is is uh, we never really talk about them too much. Uh, we never, certainly never point them out. Uh, we, as the designers, human beings that, that love what we do, um, we see those as little gifts that we can give to the uh, the owner of the vehicle to find on their own, and if it makes them smile, job done. We did it right. Um, on the Renegade, I think we put probably more than we've ever put on anything else. On the Grand Cherokee, you won't see too many, but there's they'll certainly be there. Uh, there's a level of appropriateness on the Grand on the um, the Wrangler certainly has a few, but. Uh, it's a fun thing to do. It happens uh, really late in a program to the point where we're just polishing up, putting a bow on the on the project and, and shipping it out. Um, but it's really done. In fact, my boss tells me directly, he says, never show me what you're doing with that. I, I want to be as surprised as anybody else. Oh, that's so, perfect. Uh, that's, that's exactly that's awesome. what it should yeah. be. Yeah. And that's what mm -hmm. the customers enjoy. But I see what you're saying. It's that, that kind of more playfulness aligns with the sort of more younger focus vehicles the the more sort of serious end is perhaps less room for that kind of thing so that's perhaps what we should expect in the future yeah or that or we tuck them away even farther and hide them um, there one, but it's become sort of tradition yeah is there one that people are just never going to find is there one you've put on the inside of the fuel tank or something that you just know is impossible maybe <laughs> <laughs> That was the only no, I, I don't do the insides of fuel tanks, but uh, no, there's and there's a couple of a uh, couple of them are, are sort of uh, inside jokes or secrets, but that's that's fine. Uh, and we'll I would never, way. I would never ask to to know where they were. I I enjoy the whole sort of because I won't tell you. <laughs> no, no, what I expect you to. Okay, final question: um, What's in the yeah. garage? You're clearly a car nut. Um, oh yeah, cars, motorcycles, that kind of a thing. Yeah. It's a, um, the scenario in that is then it's it's a it's a beautiful balmy day in Detroit. <laughs> said no one ever. Yeah. What's the car that you <laughs> What's the car that you take out on on the perfect warm sunny day? Um, I'm finishing up a uh, right now. It's an it's a 1973. It's a Javelin, American Motors Javelin, and oh, it's wow. a 
it's going to be a it's going to be a show car probably. But uh, um, I'm I, I joke I'm six years into a two year project here, but it's it's actually uh, just weeks away from being finally complete. Been been a lot kind of a long term, and I would classify it as kind of a pro touring car. So uh, old old vehicle with modern mechanicals and and sensibilities. Also, there's uh, a, a few Jeeps in the Allen uh, household. Um, I've got a motorcycle, a KTM 500 that I ride uh, frequently, just to shake the bugs out. So, what are the yeah, Jeeps that are in the garage? Uh, I've got a 1956 Willys pickup uh, that's wow. kind of a it's on a modern chassis, and then a, a 2001 Wrangler. I've, I I I uh, that's my go-to. It's 35-inch tires and a long-arm suspension and all that. So that's my off-road vehicle, but. Uh, I probably have never kept a car longer than five years of my life. I'm saying probably three is mostly what I do. All right. Uh, I've had this. I've had this Wrangler 18 years now, uh, and um, I'll, I'll never get rid of it. It's like a, a Labrador Retriever for me. It just it's uh, it's that important in my life. Never get rid of that. There's there's these no. special cars. They come into your life sometimes, and you just know the ones that you should never get rid of. And you're clearly a bit of a resto mod kind of enthusiast, which I which resonates yeah. and is very close to my heart as well. That kind of improving but keeping the important parts of history and tradition as well. It sounds great. Yeah. yeah. I have um I have one final admission before we before we go. I know you're a busy chap and uh, it's it's evening there in the US. Um, I, I, I'm not honestly. <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay. Well I'm gonna make this last anecdote really long then now you've said that. Oh but you're I, good. I have you're I have, good. I, have, I feel like I, I have some some you know demons to put to bed and I have to admit to you that um, on the Renegade launch in uh, San Jose, where we first met, um, mm -hmm. I, I, it's the only time I've ever had a car airborne on a launch. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How did it go? It was fantastic. And if you remember, oh. the, the gentleman, the very nice gentleman who was giving the, um, the briefing, the driver briefing, he said at mm. one point, um, there's a humpback bridge. And the sign, the road sign says 30 miles an hour. He said, don't do any more than that or you will be airborne. And I remember thinking at that exact moment, I'm going to do more than 30, 30 miles an hour. And do you know what? He was right. I, I immediately, yeah. and the thing was absolutely glorious. But the most infuriating thing was I went around two more corners and there was the photographer, not where I needed oh. it on the humpback bridge. Nice. I feel uh, like modern, cars, modern cars don't like it when all four wheels leave the ground. It's like a cat. It, uh, it gets really, it gets really bothered by it. Yeah. No, the Renegade was fine. It was, it was like it'd been designed to do that. So that was that's my, now my standard testing. I hope for any all will drive off. You've got to be careful because we got PR on on this call and and they won't I was invite you back. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, FCA Australia PR is listening in intently, and she will no doubt give me the biggest ear, ear bashing I've ever had. Um, so looking forward to that. Mark Allen, head crayon of Jeep. Yes. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for making time for which. Thank you. Thank you. That was Mark Allen, Head of Design at Jeep. And this has been another instalment of Which Car Weekly. Join us again next time for more insights and opinion from the side of the motoring world you don't often get to see. If you have any questions, need advice, or have any of your own auto anecdotes, leave us a message through the Facebooks at Which Car AU or for all the other socials at Which Car. Thanks for listening and happy driving.